Future of Finance podcast, where finance finds its future. Hello, I'm Dominic Hobson, co-founder of Future of Finance. My guest today is Nigel Lombard, founder and CEO of Peppercorn, an insure tech using artificial intelligence to transform the process of buying and changing major insurance policies, and just as importantly, claiming against them. Nigel, thank you for joining us. Uh, no, you're welcome. Hi, Dominic. Now, Peppercorn's actually not your first uh, insure tech startup. It's your third. Could you tell us a bit about the others? Uh, yes, uh, my first startup was uh, called Drivology. Um, that was a, uh, a car insurance uh, business uh, using um, telematics, uh, actually downloading an app to uh, monitor driving. Um, I set that up, uh, worked closely with the likes of uh, AXA, and ultimately uh, that was sold to Mark Study after trading for about uh, two and a half years. And then uh, the second startup uh, in which I was involved, uh, where I was a co-founder, uh, that was a car insurance uh, MGA um, called Hedgehog, uh, which is still trading uh, successfully, um, where I set up the, uh, the UK part of the, uh, the operation, uh, very digital, uh, data-driven. Um, so yes, this is now my third. Now, you're obviously starting at Peppercorn with car insurance because you know quite a lot about it, having uh, had two previous startups in, in the area. And there are interesting things going on, like, as you say, uh, telematics and insurers you drive uh, and so on. But, but tell me a bit more. Why does motor insurance offer the opportunities that it does? What, what, what needs fixing and maybe what doesn't need fixing in terms of uh, the, the application of technology to motor insurance? Uh, yes, absolutely. So first of all, um, Peppercorn, we are setting out with a purpose. Our purpose is to deliver fair value to consumers in a digital age. So that's our purpose. So that sort of frames uh, the answer. Um, so why the car insurance market specifically? Well, there's a, a practical and commercial element, which is it's the largest uh, market opportunity in personal lines uh, in the UK. And therefore, that presents us with the opportunity to make a real difference to as many customers as possible. So it's, it's the market size is one part of it. Plus, uh, the consumer experience is actually quite undifferentiated between different providers at the moment. And our aim is to, is to create a very uh, differentiated um, experience, fully digital, uh, very personalized. Um, and also, uh, when you look at the products out there, the car insurance products, uh, whether it's true or not, um, the perception from consumers is that they are largely compared on price and therefore the products are relatively commoditized and similar, which is not entirely true. So again, by applying a conversational AI, which is our modus operandi at Peppercorn, uh, that gives us the ability to create uh, much more personalized experiences, which allows the customer to uh, ask questions along the way that are specific to them and ultimately get the right cover and ensure they get the right cover, uh, which uh, on a commoditized product view, um, that often is uh, an example might be um, some consumers believe they've got the ability to drive, uh, be insured to drive other cars on their commoditized products, but that may or may not be true. And finally, uh, the time is right in terms of car insurance, um, because there's a number of things going on in the marketplace, uh, not least the FCA pricing changes, which are going to be creating a massive um, sort of a level of, of change uh, in the way that uh, UK providers operate, uh, all for the good, very consistent with our fair value approach. Um, a lot of our um, potential competitors out there are distracted. Uh, they're either being consolidated uh, or they have new CEOs. They're trying to restructure. They're trying to uh, retrofit digitization. 
Whereas we have the advantage of joining the markets at the right time with, with uh, correct new business pricing or more rational uh, new business pricing. Uh, and we can build a digital solution from the outset without all the legacy problems attached to large call centers, which we won't have. And also uh, manual processes, which we are gonna have very, very few manual processes. Everything's gonna be automated. And being frank, the UK car insurance market hasn't really changed that much in 20 years. And, and 20 years ago was roughly when um, uh, car insurance started to be sold online using form-based approach. So yeah, uh, the time is right. Lots of uh, challenges in the car insurance world, but lots of uh, areas for improvement that we think we can tackle. I'm interested listening to you that you, you, you talk about the size of the market, it's inefficient pricing, it's at a point of structural inflection, uh, competitors uh, are distracted and so on. Actually, the, the, the technology you've talked about only in the context of the, of the customer experience, but does that reflect what the technology is doing at Peppercorn or is the technology actually going to underpin a lot of the other, other facets you've talked about, your ability to exploit the structural problems, your ability to seize a large section of the market and your ability to price what you call fairly? It's, it's all about the application of the technology um, ultimately. So we can, um, it's, it's about, it is, yeah, very much about how it's applied. So by building our um, interface, our customer interaction uh, mechanisms uh, using our conversational AI, what we can do um, by design is open up other digital channels. So, uh, which is what consumers are really looking for and used to these days. And that's only been exas exacerbated by the likes of um, COVID and people being forced to stay at home and, and use digital um, solutions. So by having a web-based uh, personalized conversational experience, we can develop that and also offer it through the likes of WhatsApp and Amazon Alexa and um, you know various asynchronous uh, messaging channels as well. So. Uh, and again, back to the application. So things that we can do by design, um, and this is all about the application again, is, is, is create a level of automated underwriting, which uh, again, but that's by how it's, it's applied, developing the AI combined with a sense of the, the regulations and the rules and merging those two things, which sound like a bit like oil and water, but by, build, by putting those two things together, yeah, we can create a whole new customer experience, which is better ultimately for insurers and uh, our underwriters that support us um, because we'll write higher quality business, better for customers because they will make sure they get the right uh, product at the right price um, and also better for customers because uh, they can access their, uh, their policies through their channel, digital channel of choice at their convenience as well and ultimately better uh, for Peppercorn, indeed, we can pass these um, savings back on because we will be a very, very low cost operation because we'll have far fewer people because of our very high degrees of automation and our reliance upon um, technology. Although we will still have humans in the business at the end of the day, uh, because ultimately we still need to look after customers. And there are times where the technology will not um, ultimately meet a, um, meet a customer's need. So we will still have humans uh, in the business. So please don't worry on that front either. <laughs> I wasn't worrying. I was thinking that uh, an intelligent robot is bound to be cheaper than a biological robot in a, in a call centre. Uh, now, could you explain to us exactly what you're going to be doing? Is Peppercorn purely a brokerage or are you, do, are you uh, doing principal underwriting business as well? Uh, so uh, we uh, are going about our um, 
So we're in the in the process of starting up at the moment. So our application, we are, I should mention also that we are supported by the FCA. We're on part of their innovation hub, so we get direct support, and they're very supportive of of, of what we're doing here and our new interface because it brings increased um, competition into uh, into the markets as well. So we will be an MGA, uh, and we will carry. Therefore, we will carry no insurance risk ourselves. That will be our um, capacity provider's responsibility. So we will be officially registered with the FCA as an intermediary, um, albeit we will have a level of delegated responsibility and oversight and very, we'll be very, very interested in the, um, in the success on the underwriting uh, profit side of things, not just of the core car insurance underwriting profits, but also the ancillary uh, coverages like uh, breakdown insurance and even uh, premium finance as well. We'll be very interested in that. And we believe that we can bring uh, because of our higher quality level of sales that are automated underwriting and also uh, making sure helping customers get the right levels of cover. Uh, yeah, everybody's, everybody's going to win, but we're going to be an MGA, i.e. an intermediary carrying no insurance risk. And how will you work with the, with the actual underwriters? Do you, how many of them are willing to work with you? Is that the, is that the crucial question for the business? Uh, yeah, it's it's the right question. So we are going about a process of um, speaking to a number of the the major um, re, well reinsurance and traditional uh, retail insurance uh, companies to uh, select a partner, and that's a two way thing uh, because we want to work in very very close collaboration. Because one of the things that um, that we can bring is not only capturing unique data through this unique interface and. Uh, having uh, an increased level of automated and scalable underwriting, uh, which is great for the uh, for the loss ratio, um, i.e., the amount that's paid out in in claims. Uh, yeah, we can um, we can work very very collaboratively uh, for mutual benefit. So better insurance risks, which are also better for the customer. So yeah, collaboratively in partnership, and it's just slightly too soon to uh, to talk about who the, those partners will be. But we're having a number of good conversations and some some of those partners are already uh, well a number of those partners are already lined up now you've touched to some extent upon structural issues in in the motor insurance industry but like most aspects of the insurance industry it suffers from very high expense ratios those in turn reflect legacy technologies uh, particularly in terms of processing uh, it also reflects astonishingly high levels of, of fraud. And now on top of that, what change has taken place inside the industry has tended to lead to churn. This has been the effect of uh, comparison websites and online brokerage and, and so on. Now, how can, how can the technology you're applying address or solve those issues? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So uh, indeed, that's where we started. So we we asked ourselves why are customers churning? What are they dissatisfied with? You know, why are expense ratios so high? And in answer to uh, to some of those questions, before I talk about the um, the peppercorn solution, so a churn is a function of partly price comparison websites uh, encouraging churn to some extent, which is fine. But actually, I think uh, a number of providers have been guilty themselves of of helping create churn. Um, because of the, the pricing strategies. So typically offering a new business customer a lower um, price, a lower premium than a, than a renewing customer. Now, the great news is, first of all, we completely disagree with that anyway, but the FCA are, are radically changing that with effect from the start of next year. Um, so with, but that, that has encouraged churn. So that's one aspect. Uh, and also 
If you look at the differentiation between the uh, different providers, it's not that significant. And there's not that much digitization, never mind convenience of, of additional channels other than the web. So that's, uh, and the insurance industry is not known for being necessarily um, sort of fleet of foot when it comes to, comes to innovating for various good reasons, legacy systems, et cetera. Also, the, the premiums, uh, arguably they are higher than they, than they need to be because embedded in those premiums are the costs of legacy systems, large offices, uh, call centers, staffing, inefficient underwriting, lots of manual processes and the like. Um, so they all have to be paid for somewhere and ultimately have to find them, you know, end up in the, in the premium. And indeed, uh, and I will come on to the sort of peppercorn aspects to how we're answering uh, these. I think there's also, um, there's a problem in that a lot of time is spent curing problems, customer problems, rather than preventing them in the first place. So actually, if you get your processes right and you get your product offering and you help customers get the right products in the first place and they understand any fees and charges that are, that are, um, are applicable, if you make sure that the customers really understand that uh, up front, then actually you can avoid a whole load of pain and cost uh, dealing with lots of complaints further down the line, for example. So prevention is way better than cure. And indeed, that's consistent with um, the FCA's uh, viewpoints as well. So how are we tackling these? Well, by building a digital, very, very customer self-service, very highly automated operation, including automated um, underwriting, that means that our internal costs can be way lower. So we won't have uh, large offices, we won't have uh, armies of, of underwriters, armies of customer facing people, we'll, we'll have a handful, a relatively modest number of, of smart people that are actually teaching the technology to be able to do those things, which means that we can charge a lower premium ultimately because we don't have to embed those, those costs. Uh, yes, uh, you know, of course, we're going to be using all the latest uh, data and machine learning. That's, uh, that's a large part of what we're, we're going to be doing and applying that to improving our processes and our products and analyzing unstructured data as well as traditional structured data. Um, and actually by having a digital led I hesitate to say digital only because we will still have humans to pick up the pieces in, in the back office where needed uh, and to train, the, uh, to train the system as well. But having a digital um, solution which is available through customers' digital channels of choice actually differentiates uh, what we're doing as well. And that's what customers actually really want these days because um, they actually see um, insurance as a bit of a pain um, on the whole so we're not here to make it fun. We're here to make it convenient and easy and as low cost and as high value as possible. Um, so, yeah, those are some of the ways that, um, that we believe that we can tackle this. And by writing higher quality levels of, of business in the first place, i.e. matching customers' needs to, to what they're buying to make sure the customers really understand what they're buying, at a low cost, we can ultimately, the customer's better off, the insurers are better off, uh, it's more convenient, and we lower the expense ratio and also improve the uh, the loss ratio as well. So um, this is hard to believe, but ultimately everybody wins by bringing increased competition to this market. Now, anybody watching this interview would be very struck by how you really come to life when you talk about the technology improving the, the customer uh, experience. What makes you confident that these digital robotic agents will do a better job than uh, flesh and blood people sitting in in call centers or, or brokerage offices, or indeed doing a better job than, than 
price comparison sites or or even the, the dreaded dreaded chatbots? What what gives you this confidence? How are you training these these robots? Yeah, so um, it's a good question. Again, um, there's there's a few parts to the answer. First of all, if we just look at what's um, maybe not quite so good about some of the other um, channels and, and solutions that are out there, and then we can sort of compare and contrast uh, a digital agent. So first of all, call centers, um, uh, well, first of all, they have a place, call centers have a place, they really, really do. However, I don't think any of us enjoy uh, dealing with call centers. There's call waiting times, um, even when you do get through to somebody ultimately, they're pretty handcuffed with with relatively tightly controlled uh, procedures and scripts and uh, levels of authority um, that they have as well. So um, it's not always the uh, the best of experiences, and that's actually been probably worsened over the last twelve months because resourcing of, of call centres has been um, sort of challenged. Um, but as I say, they they still have their place. Um, Chatbots, um, so they're interesting. I. They've been very overhyped. Um, the typical chatbots uh, that we have all um, had the experience of using is pretty generic, isn't very personalized. You can't actually do anything and is ultimately more of a glorified sort of frequently asked questions, um, sort of mm -hmm. Q&A thing. Um, so, and even worse than that, some of the answers just refer you to a different channel. So there's numerous problems um, sort of out there, um, which we think, uh, by using a digital agent, um, we can we can solve. First of all, let's just try and understand what's the difference between arguably is that just another name for a for a chatbot, a digital agent? Well, no, a digital agent is much more than that because albeit automated, you can actually do things. So that might be making a sale or completing a sale, uh, helping with a customer's query, which is highly personalised and specific to them. Actually accessing the underlying database still you know with full um, sort of um, identification and verification and security all of those things um, so a digital agent is very different in that it can actually do things it's not just a uh, an faq machine highly personalized specific uh, actually implement and do things make and query your your policy make changes to your policy those those kind of things and how does that differ from say online uh, forms well online forms are very fixed by definition um, you have to navigate around to find things once you log in to maybe make a change. You're following the order in which that form is, is designed. It's a really quite a dull, um, boring experience. You can compare and contrast that to a highly personalized, very dynamic experience where only the questions and answers are given that are relevant and valid for that customer and also make them tailored and personalized as well. That's, that's, that's chalk and cheese. And I would argue that this is the next paradigm shift, a bit like when um, insurance used to be sold in offices, then that went to the phone and that, that went uh, online into forms. I would argue this is the next paradigm shift in the way that uh, insurance can and should be sold and serviced as well. So customers can actually do things. And again, not just through one channel, uh, the web, but in a very joined up manner through other digital channels um, like WhatsApp, et cetera, which is what people these days are absolutely using and they demand convenience, whether they're on the road, on the mobile, in their house, on their sofa, you know, with their phone, with, with Alexa. So actually, yeah, a digital agent is absolutely the way to go. But ultimately, coming all the way back, it is horses for courses and there are still absolutely good reasons and times where 
um, a human interaction through any channel is still valid. The, the final thing I'll say on this in terms of why I believe, not why I know, in the last startup in which uh, I was involved, wholly digital, um, I implemented um, online chat as the primary support channel for customers, no inbound call center. So I learned an awful lot from that. And from that, I know the customers welcome and enjoy that mechanism of uh, that method of interaction. One of the things that strikes me about chatbots is they don't appear to learn from experience when you would expect that actually they would. The, the quality of their answers will get better and they'd move beyond being, a, as you put it, a glorified FAQ. Presumably your, your digital agents are going to have to learn from experience as well, but they're actually going to be going into the field from the, the, you know, the get-go, aren't they? They're going to have to perform uh, to quite a high standard from a very early stage. How are you, how are you training them to be battle-ready, as it were? Yep. Um, so, uh, first of all, um, uh, me and a number of members of the team uh, have some experience in, in the world of, uh, of car insurance. Uh, personally, uh, again, referencing the, uh, the previous startup, so I know an awful lot about uh, online chat and how customers behave um, and the language that's, that's used and um, the interaction. So, um, first of all, I've, I've got a Got a background in terms of the um, in terms of the uh, the data. So of course we have to start off with rules. This is a regulated environment, so there are certain things that just have to be done. So actually, uh, there's a lot of uh, there's, there's there's a combination of rules and AI. Of course, we need the training data in order to uh, to help this learn. So we have to start off with with something which will be more on balance, more rules based than it will be uh, than it will be AI. We'll still be applying AI in the use of natural language processing where customers ask free formats uh, questions, and we will be identifying intents and using the very latest technology to identify them and, and solve them. But that's why we will have humans in the background uh, to pick up the pieces. Now, uh, the trick is um, not just collecting this data, it's actually doing something with it. So, uh, and there's a number of angles here. So we'll be analyzing both structured data, which is what most players in the market do, but also unstructured data, because we'll have it. And that unstructured data will be the conversations. So by analyzing the unstructured data, we'll be, we'll be able to very quickly, and this will be almost on a daily basis, improve the, uh, the technology, the conversations, even the products, everything that we're doing, but you know, a lot to do with those, um, those conversation designs. And increasingly that will become more and more data-driven. We're also going to, where, a, um, where the, the, um, the digital assistant fails, and it does go to a, um, one of our agents, our agents are gonna be super agents. They're not just going to be um, there to solve the customer's challenge. Of course, they'll do that. 50% of their job will be learning from each of those and actually putting that back into the, uh, into the conversation. So what needs to be improved? Back to the prevention is better than cure. Um, so th there's a continuous improvement cycle there as well. So it's a combination of data uh, and collecting lots of it, which we will be doing. We'll be using price comparison websites to, uh, to get our um, customer leads. Um, so we'll soon start to collect the data. We'll have humans that are inputting to this as well. We'll be analyzing structured and unstructured data. We'll, we'll also be doing a lot of A-B experimentation so that we can quickly see uh, which, what mechanisms, what questions, what phrasing works and what doesn't. So we'll be able to test and learn. So the combination of analysis, human inputs, and, uh, and data. But that data will very quickly uh, build, and we will be applying it on a, on a very frequent basis. And that's 
Um, it is about the application. The idea is the easy part, Dominic, it's, it's actually doing it. Now, having been around the block, doing it is, is, is the bit that really switches me on. Yeah, so as, as you point out, you'll be creating and learning from your own data as the, as the business gathers momentum, but you'll also be importing data. Obviously the FCA rule set has to be built into the system. That's a structured data set, I guess. But then you're also taking data from comparison websites are there other sources of data? Where else do you get data from to, in effect, train the, the digital agents? Uh, the um, Part of the challenge is actually uh, an abundance of data um, in many ways. So um, every time uh, a quote is provided to the price comparison website, uh, we'll be obviously sending a quote back in, in real time as part of that process, as well as analysing the 50 plus data items that have been uh, provided by by the customer to, to, uh, to the price comparison website, we'll be enriching that data with um, all, of the, um, all of the data sources that are, that are out there. So we will start day one with at least as good uh, as the incumbents uh, in terms of our data enrichment. So you know, that might be credit information, uh, uh, claims information from, from the Q database, uh, my license, which is another uh, way of saying um, entering the driving license number and getting conviction details, et cetera, and uh, the dates uh, which the, uh, the customer was passed. So we'll be uh, getting masses, we'll be adding to those 50, 100 plus data points by a factor of, you know, at least doubling that. So masses of data. So we'll, we'll, we'll have all of that, multiple quotes. Uh, and then once customers uh, click through to us, there'll be a whole additional range of data that we'll be adding, which is, um, greater than a standard online form, because we're gonna have this level of interaction and dynamic question sets, uh, which the customer also asks different questions as well. So almost every single customer interaction could potentially be different. Whereas a form obviously is, is very fixed by definition. So therefore we're gonna have a whole additional data set um, to go at to help us improve not only the customer experience, but also to potentially improve our pricing and underwriting and critically our fraud prevention, um, because we can add extra levels of, of fraud prevention at that point, um, which is enhanced, which is a step up from um, from uh, very fixed uh, fixed forms as well. So yeah, I, uh, lots and lots of data to go at. All of those um, unique um, sort of conversational pieces of data, which is the way that we'll look at them to analyze. So um, actually uh, no shortage, in fact, uh, quite the opposite challenge. Mm -hmm. And just to, on one narrow question, are you, are you going to be relying on comparison sites as your main distributors, but people can still come to you directly if they want? So consumers can come directly to your site and... Uh, we plan to, uh, uh, yeah, we plan to launch on uh, price comparison uh, websites. We plan to start on one and make sure that um, everything is, is working because we're going to be brand new. So there's bound to be a few teething problems, albeit, you know, we'll be going through a full and rigorous um, testing uh, environments. Um, so uh, yeah, price comparison websites is the sensible place to start. To enter the UK private car insurance markets um, uh, with the, the view of going direct to consumer, um, you would need very, very, very uh, deep pockets to uh, create a new, a new brand to attract customers, which is uh, relatively expensive, it'd be true to say. Uh, using price comparison websites, working closely, which I've done over the last 20 years, I think pretty successfully um, is a very good way of entering the market, and indeed is where most consumers are um, are shopping. 
um, and it's very it's relatively predictable in terms of um, the way that you price and the type of customers that uh, that you can attract so it is it is a well-known it's a predictable uh, marketplace not just in terms of volumes um, that you can predict by your pricing but also predictable in terms of the pricing and the amount that you pay uh, on a marketing basis as well so it's the only sensible route to market yeah i think some of the uh energy retailers have had a very similar positive experience from the comparison websites, haven't they? So it is a tried and tested model. Yes. Um, the data is obviously going to be pretty crucial to your to your success. Do you ever worry that there's some combination of, of events conspiring against you? I suppose customer resistance, um, regulations like GDPR, um, possibly even tighter privacy laws. Will that, will that make running a business like this more difficult? Um, I think, uh, I don't think so. Um, it's one that we will be uh, obviously monitoring and staying very, very close to. Um, no, I really don't think so. I think uh, in terms of consumer resistance that you mentioned, um, I'm confident that um, the uh, convenience um, that giving consent to utilize data uh, will see the majority of, of, of customers uh, and that any concerns that they might have be overcome because uh, why on earth would you uh, want to spend um, time uh, entering lots and lots of information, which actually, if you, if you give consent to a trusted party that's using your data in a transparent and open and clear manner, why wouldn't you say, you know, tick yes to that? Um, because uh, convenience, I believe, will um, outweigh any, any resistance or concerns. I think uh, the data, the um, the technology is also um, improving. Be that blockchain, uh, you know, full encryption, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to support um, and give greater uh, reassurance to uh, to consumers as well in that respect. So I think challenges or concerns around security um, are are lesser um, these days. And I think uh, in terms of regulations and laws, well, they're they're only there. I think it's a question of embracing them because they're only there to protect. Um, the consumer and ultimately to protect the, uh, the businesses as well. And I think nobody can really argue with, with fair use and transparent use of data. It's, it's, it's there for good reason, which is to protect customers, as I say, and to protect businesses. So I think embrace uh, those, those things. They're not there to inhibit um, convenience, um, but they're, they're really not. They're there just to make sure the data is used carefully and in a way that consumers understand. So um, yeah, definitely one to uh, to stay to stay close to and uh, and you know monitor very very closely. Um, but I I can't see that being a problem. I'd, I'd say actually the opposite. The uh, the use of data and the expectation of consumers to be able to access data to make things far easier. Be that open banking with permissions um, or you know blockchain or whatever it's going to be. All those things and easier sort of moving of, of direct debits etc. All those things are there for convenience, but in a safe and secure manner. So I think the the, the use of data um, will, will only increase. Yeah, the value proposition will outweigh concerns about it, yep. is what you're really saying, isn't it? Yes. Now, obviously the sales process is one thing. Uh, the claims process is another and much, lots more people involved and lots of organizations involved and much more scope for the conversation to, to get ugly. Uh, tell us a bit, about how you intend to apply the same technologies to the claims process and why you think that it will be equally successful there? 
It's, um, I, th I think you make a very fair point. The, um, the process of uh, going through a, um, a claim is, is pretty complicated and uh, it's never the same routes uh, every time. Every customer has, has a different need. And also it's a very emotive time. Indeed, it's where the promise of insurance is really being delivered upon. Um, and, you know, we care for our, for our cars, uh, you know, and if there's been a personal injury um, as well, it is incredibly uh, emotive. So um, we thought long and hard about it. And, um, you know, we recognize and understand that a, uh, a digital agent, a conversational AI is, is not a human experience and nor should it pretend to be either uh, from an ethical standpoint. There's no way we will pretend that our automated solution is, is anything other than that. Um, so uh, by putting the customer first, uh, we are giving customers the option to use the digital agent to register and check in on claim status, which is appropriate. Maybe, you know, for simple things like a windscreen claim or a, you know, you were hit, uh, the car was hit while you weren't there in a, in a supermarket or something like that. So broadly, where it's a, a less emotive, uh, matter of fact kind of um, claim, I think it's a digital channel is appropriate, but we are absolutely offering our consumers the, um, the option to use the more traditional uh, call center uh, routes and we uh, we're outsourcing this and uh, we believe we've um, narrowed this down to a partner that, that offers and supports us in our digital channels but also offers the the more traditional route as well so we'll give consumers the choice because it is an emotive um, situation so we have to put the customer first rather than trying to force a purist purely digital um, solution we will offer the, the, a, a fully digital solution as well but yeah, customer, customer choice, horses for courses, Dominic, I think, at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So they can handle the simple claim. The, the, the robots can handle the simpler claims, but the more complicated stuff will be dealt with as needed in a different way. I think, the, um, I think it's more likely that the outcome will be that um, consumers prefer, but for simple claims that are less emotive, they will prefer the digital solution. Uh, it is more complex, I, I grant you, but I believe there will still be um, the occasion where um, it is it is possible on a, on a simple, relatively simple case uh, to have a full claims experience, which is fully digital. I really, really do, which is actually often what consumers really want. They just want to be kept up to date, have the ability to be kept up to date and um, also get something solved, get the claim resolved quickly. And indeed, that's where technology can really speed up the process. So I think there's an argument which is not just about complexity, it's about um, it's about the speed of getting getting something resolved. But as soon as it becomes emotive, uh, personal injuries, um, car written off, valuations, uh, you know, actually I prefer cash rather than rather than a replacement vehicle or you know a write off or something. Um, that's where uh, you know there's no substitute for a human at this point in time. I wouldn't say never, uh, but that's how I see it going practically. I was. Interested to read on your website that you're planning to offer your technology to to third party firms so they can use it to develop insurance offerings of their own white label it, I suppose. Uh, and my first thought about that was, gosh, you're you're sharing your uh, must must be, you know, quite an quite an investment to 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 bring these uh, AI based robots up to the right standard. And here you are prepared to share it with third parties. But I guess this is a way also of broadening your your market reach. Is that the debate you've had in your own mind? Uh, so we're going to start off by um, developing um, 
our own solution, which we are going to use uh, in, in the real world with consumers. So we will have Peppercorn um, as, as a genuine provider of, of car insurance. And we, we plan also to go into other lines of, of business as well. So we won't stop at car insurance. Um, only by doing that can we get real life experience, training data, only can we really then exercise our, um, our technology and only then can we really improve what we've got based on actual experience. Um, now, once we've um, started to do that and start to do it and get the um, get that reasonably, I wouldn't say perfect, but increasingly perfected, um, then we're not going to try and take over the world. So if we say uh, are aiming for a very modest, very, you know, maybe a percent of the whole of the UK market, which is still relatively large. Um, but if, we're, if we've only got a 1% of the UK car insurance market, there's a, another 99% available. And we know that um, part of the rationale behind the timing of, of doing this is our incumbents, our uh, incum incumbent competitors are, um, are challenged by many other things. So therefore we can access um, and apply our technology uh, through white label solutions to other parties, to incumbents who might want a, a quick head start solution, to a, 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 a neobank that might want to get into um, insurance as well, not just car insurance, as I mentioned. So why not start to um, apply the same technology elsewhere in other lines of business, um, not necessarily just in the UK either. Um, so why, why not start to apply that? But I think the, the key thing is actually demonstrating it and, and proving it and making it viable and having our own line of business um, that we can demonstrate that. Uh, but yes, then then absolutely launch into um, insurance as a service and software as a service as well. Now, you also say on your website, you're not planning to stop at major insurance. What other areas are you looking at and what sort of timescale are we talking about? Uh, yeah, so um, there are some um, natural follow-ons, certainly in the UK. If you enter into car insurance, then why, why not? For, for many of the same reasons, as I've already talked about, uh, in terms of the, the marketplace for car insurance, the same applies to the likes of, say, home insurance. Um, so it's a natural um, expansion into channels like that. And that could be, um, I wouldn't want to be too specific about this, but that could be two to three years down the line, um, or even you know, um, but that kind of kind of timescale um, to enter into uh, other lines of business. But why not um, SME as well? The, 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 uh, the technology can, can apply there. And why not into other um, uh, regulated lines of business? Anywhere where there's um, a level of commoditization, customers want to self-service. So that could be even into, into the likes of energy um, as well. Why not? Because it's a relatively complex product um, that, that we can help with customer understanding uh, we can help with um, digital channels of choice as well. And why, why stop at the UK as well? So other lines of business in, in, other, uh, in other territories as well. Um, and they could be, you know, car, auto or, or any other line. So um, many, many options, uh, which we will narrow down. Home insurance would seem like a natural um, first stepping stone after a couple of years of trading on, on car insurance. But I just heard you say that your ambitions don't stop at insurance. This technology could be applied to, to energy, telecoms, broadband. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, you know, why not? Uh, complex uh, products um, where customers need to understand what they're buying. Um, they, and they're, they're, they are relatively complex. So, again, having a very form-based approach uh, where customers 
don't really get the opportunity to interact and uh, sort of drive the drive the conversation and ask uh, you know free text questions uh, and don't have a personalized particularly personalized experience anywhere where that's true um, this kind of technology uh, can apply and once we've started to understand the, um, the customer behaviors and the way of phrasing questions and the way of even segmenting and having you know different sort of personas of, of digital agents for different customers um, according to their preference why not uh, take uh, take those learnings and that's that level of um, IP if you will and apply it elsewhere for um, for consumers benefit and back to all the way to the uh, the very beginning Dominic in terms of our overarching purpose our overarching purpose it just happens that we're starting with car insurance is to deliver fair value to consumers in a digital age that is our purpose so why not apply it in its broadest sense which brings me to one one last question uh, for you, Nigel, which is that you've mentioned a number of times during the course of this conversation that uh, uh, people sometimes prefer a, a digital experience. They want it to be personalised, but they prefer a digital experience. So if you look, I don't know, five, ten years ahead, and maybe you don't need to confine yourself to, to personalised insurance here, but um, my question is, what do you think the customer experience is going to be like of buying uh insurance products, utility products in a decade's time? Yeah, uh, so, the, so there's a few things um, already sort of starting um, and being talked about. So I think in five to 10 years time, be it insurance um, or, or other avenues of other, other product lines, but I talk about insurance, I think the same applies to other, other products, but anything that's probably regulated. Um, so first of all, I think, um, the ability to increasingly tailor, so less commoditized, more personalized levels of cover. Um, I think consumers are going to be demanding that. I think the technology will support, will support that. So the ability to better tailor cover, um, that's one thing. On-demand insurance is clearly um, something that's going to be uh, of, uh, of increasing interest um, because in an increasingly... Um, sort of disposable society, if you will, and uh, people living in, in, in town centres, they, they don't always need a car. So they don't need a car for certain periods of time in, in this example. Um, so on-demand insurance, that's, um, uh, that will absolutely uh, increase and therefore that effectively starts to become embedded um, within, within other products that you're buying or using or renting or hiring for that period of time. So uh, there's that, and if you are buying something, uh, rather than buy something and then go and sort out your insurance for that item separately, um, embedded insurance at the point of sale uh, is going to be, I, I can see that very much as, as a way of going. And, you know, Amazon is already doing it to some, some extent. I'll just add extended warranty. Now, that's a, a small and relatively trivial example. But I think where it's you know, more um, personalized, I think the technology at point of sale um, and self-servicing um, to make sure that it, that cover does indeed meet your needs. I think embedded insurance sales uh, alongside as part of a product is, is going to be the case. Um, and I think um, telematics, the, the much sort of talked about for the last 15 plus years and arguably overhyped um, telematics, I think as that eventually starts to be, um, uh, that data becomes uh, accessible via um, auto manufacturers, uh, rather than via retrofitted devices, and therefore the ability to have uh, access telematics data, um, albeit once once we get over the uh, the challenges of 
this sort of abstract question of who owns the data. Um, but I think increasingly telematics uh, will go hand in hand with, with on-demand insurance because it will be embedded in the vehicle. So again, it's not something that's, that's a, an aftermarket uh, consideration. So I think all of those things are going to happen or, or are already happening uh, in many cases, uh, but probably they're at a very niche, relatively niche level. So I think the real question is uh, which of those things are going to um, be adopted and at what speed? Um, uh, nobody knows the answer, of course, but those things are all going to uh, in increase over time. And I think um, the Peppercorn solution as well, uh, particularly the insurance as a service, which can apply to any, any type of product, I think that could fit very, very well with um, embedded point of sale uh, products as well. Um, so I can, see, I can see what we're doing fitting in very well to, um, uh, into those marketplaces and also the ability to tailor the cover rather than the, the one size fits all kind of form. Certainly a very personalized dynamic experience uh, goes hand in hand with, with different levels of cover. Uh, which are tailored. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think the future of insurance is is healthy, and then we then we get into um, self driving vehicles, which is a whole other paradigm as well, which is already uh, already starting. That's a whole other uh, webinar. That one, Dominic. Yeah, well, I said this was my last. That was my last question. But actually, listening to you makes me wonder: Should you be working with motor manufacturers? Um, a number of people have, have tried. I think that I think the answer is yes, but it's a question of when, and I think it's it's how the data is accessed. And I suspect um, the best way of doing that, because um, there's going to be a need for a level of standardization, which is um, incredibly challenging, um, not just in terms of the the world of insurance. So to access telematics data is is one uh, very different by by each um, by each manufacturer. First of all. So therefore, rather than having one single interface, so to speak, uh, there will probably need to be a, a level of either standardization or a, an independent party that effectively aggregates that information uh, into one place. And then even within that, standardization of telematics data is, is, is massively challenging because, um, because different devices capture different levels of data to different uh, levels of of confidence and to different levels of accuracy of, of GPS locations and accelerometers. And it's a whole other um, realm. So I think the answer is yes, but it, it's, it's not now. It, it, it is a when though, I think it will, it will come. Um, having been understood uh, quite a bit about the telematics market uh, with, with, with one of my previous startups and where it's, where the marketplace is currently at. So it's a slightly vague answer, but I think that's the truth of the matter. Yeah, well, walk before you can run and run before you can drive, I suppose. Uh, Nigel Lombard, thank you very much. Mm -hmm.